Good morning. Welcome back to our phone service and podcast uh, for today, the 28th of August, the 12th Sunday of Trinity. And the recording comes from Drung Church, where we began looking at Jesus's parable of the lost son. And we saw what makes Jesus celebrate. There was also a baptism during the service. And you'll be able to listen to all of that now as I hand you over to Drung Church. Good morning. Very warm welcome to Drung Church this morning for our special service of baptism. A very special welcome uh, to Jake and to his family as well. Um, and to anyone who's visiting for, for today, you're very welcome here. It's lovely to see you all on this fantastic day. Welcome to those online as well. Uh, it's great to have you with us. It's good to be back with you as well. We've had a lovely time away. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, well, it's sort of good to be back. Uh, if I'm honest, I'd love to be on holiday still. But it's lovely to see you all at the same time. We're going to sing our opening hymn, Praise uh, My Soul. to to the Lord above. Let me just find the words here uh, on the service sheet. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. It gives lots of reasons for those who are Jesus' people to praise him. In Jesus we are ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Let's uh, remain standing as we sing together. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, number 366. Welcome to all the children as well. I should have said Do feel free to let the children make a bit of noise. We'd rather that they're here than not, and uh, they're very welcome uh, this morning. Welcome.
please do be seated for our first reading. And uh, you can see this inside the service sheets or in the church Bibles on page 874. It's Luke 15. And we're just having a look at this parable Jesus told in the introduction to it. Um, verse, Luke 15, verses 1 to 2, and then verse 11 to 24. And children, I'd like you to listen out for how many times you hear the word Father in this reading. The, the, the name Father comes up lots of times. How many times do you hear it? Uh, so Luke 15, verses 1 to 2. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, how many times did you hear the word Father, children? How many times did you hear it? How many was it? Nine, nine, eight. Eight or nine, it was one or the other. There was quite a lot of fathers in there. Uh, and it was all about this father's love for his son who went away. And Jesus was telling it to teach us something about God. Uh, but sadly, all of us have turned away from God. We've not gone his way. And sometimes we've done it like the younger son. And sometimes we've done it in other ways. But all of us have turned away from the Lord. And so we're going to say sorry to God using the words of the All Age Confession. It's on page one. Mind the step. On page one of the service card. And the words are, Lord, we're sorry. Lord, we're sorry. Can you say that? That's it. Lord, we're sorry. So we're going to join in the words in bold together uh, to say sorry to God. Let's bow our heads. God, our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Lord, we are sorry for behaving just as we wish without thinking of you. Lord, we are sorry 
for failing you by what we do and think and say, Lord, we are sorry. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us, Lord, we are sorry. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son, Lord, we are sorry. Wonderfully, uh, we're told what God did about our turning away from him. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so because Jesus has died for us, because God loved us that much, I can pray with confidence. May the Father forgive us by the death of his Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to head down towards the, the, the back there to the font um, and uh, I'll invite the children to join me there. Hopefully you'll still be able to hear. I'll leave my microphone on for those online um, and I'll meet you at the, the back here. So you might want to turn around. If any of the children want to come this way, they're, they're very welcome to as we gather around the, the font here. Uh, and I've left my card at the front, so I need one of those. So there's one of those there. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's great. Perfect. Now, I've got here this morning with me, I've been away on holiday, I've brought some, hot, some cards, been working on my magic skills, and uh, what I'd like to do is just to show you a little trick, okay? Anyone, anyone up for a trick? What, what I'm going to do is just invite you to take a card, uh, pick a card, any card, who'd like to do this? Take a card, and uh, you hold it, don't, don't let me see, you can show everyone else, show them that way, but don't let me see it, okay? I won't look. And I'm just going to do a little bit of a, a trick here and see if I can tell you what your card is. I haven't seen that one at all. Okay, is your card uh, the Seven of Diamonds? No. Oh. Is your card the Six of Clubs? No. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll just, just give me this. It's the Ace of Spades. No. Oh, my goodness. Okay, let's try again. Let's try again. I didn't, didn't do that one very well, did I? I need a longer holiday. I need to be more practice. Right, let's try again. Let's, who's going to have a go this time? Okay, you have a go this time. Well done. Okay, now you hold that up. Don't let me see it. Hold it up that way so everyone else can see it. Okay, let's try again. Is your card the Seven of Diamonds? Is it the Seven of Diamonds? No. Oh, is it the Eight of Clubs? Is it the Ace of Hearts? Oh my goodness, I need to go and do some more practice. I got that way wrong. Okay, everyone, uh, uh, let, let me just tell you. Let me just let you in on a little secret in case I tricked you there. I'm not a magician. I'm not a magician. I might be wearing funny clothes today, but I'm not a magician. And you know, I'm not going to make Jake magically into a Christian today. I don't have any magic. There's nothing magic here in this water. So then why are we baptizing Jake this morning? Well, because the Bible tells us that's a very good thing for us to do for God's people. In the Old Testament, so the bit at the back of the, the, the front of the Bible, all this Old Testament here, God gave his people a sign that they belonged to him. And that sign was a sign of circumcision, which was a sign in, in, involved the shedding of blood. And it was given to God's people and to their children, to little children, and then they were just eight days old, as a sign that they belonged to God's people. 
And it was a seal. God made promises to his people. And in the New Testament, we've got a new sign because, do you know, something massive happened in between the Old and the New Testament. Jesus came. And Jesus died for you and for me. His blood was shed, so there's no need for any more shedding of blood. And so instead, we've got a new sign given to, uh, to believers and to their children, the sign of baptism. When do you, do you ever have a shower? Do any of you ever have a shower? Any of you have a bath or a shower? Do you have a bath? Why do you have a bath? Because you're dirty, that's right. You have a bath because you're dirty. And that is what baptism is a sign of. It's a sign, not that he's, he actually looks pretty clean today, doesn't he, Jake? But it's a sign <laughs> of <laughs> our hearts that are unclean need to be washed clean. And this baptism is a sign of what Jesus does for us. Whenever we turn to him, it's a seal that God promises that if we turn to him, he'll forgive us. And so it's wonderful that this sign is given to those who trust Jesus and to their children. And so the parents and godparents are now going to make some pretty big promises that they're going to help Jake to follow Jesus with his life. So if you want to have a look on page two on the service card, have you got a copy of it there as well? You have. Brilliant. Uh, I'm going to just read the introduction to the baptism. Our Lord Jesus Christ has told us that to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again of water and the Spirit, and has given us baptism as the sign and seal of this new birth. Holy baptism is administered to infants on the understanding that they will be brought up in the fellowship of Christ's church, that they will be taught the Christian faith, and that when they have publicly confessed this faith, they will be confirmed by the bishop and admitted to the Holy Communion. So there's a question for you all to join in the answer with. And the answer is written in bold there if you'd like to join in with that. Faith is the gift of God to his people. In baptism, we're trusting the Lord to help Jake to grow into faith in Christ. People of God, will you welcome Jake and help him to grow up in Christ? With the help of God, we will. Now, parents and godparents, I have a question for you. Parents and godparents, today we're trusting God to help Jake grow into faith in Christ. As a local church, we'll do our best to help him and you. But you must do your part. Will you pray for him, bring him with you to church regularly, and help him to know and trust our Lord Jesus Christ as he grows up? And now I'm going to ask you some questions. Please respond in the words in bold. Our Lord Jesus Christ calls us out of darkness into his marvellous light. To follow Christ means dying to sin and rising to new life with him. Therefore I ask, do you reject the devil and all proud rebellion against God? I do you renounce the deceit and corruption of evil? Do you repent of the sins that separate us from God and neighbour? Do you turn to Christ as Saviour? Do you submit to Christ as Lord? Do you come to Christ, the way, the truth, and the life? Now we're all going to join in together and affirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us affirm together with those who are being baptised our common faith in Jesus Christ. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? I believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, 
died for us and rose again. I believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? I believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Now, may I take Jake, or do you want to hold on to him? What would you uh, prefer? No, you can take him. <laughs> well, he's been very good. Hello. What's your brother up to? Hey? Where is he? Is he missing out? Are you going to join us, Charlie? Here we are. Okay. Jake, I baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I sign you with the cross, the sign of Christ. Live as a disciple of Christ, fight the good fate, finish the race, keep the faith. And together we say, confess Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, look for his coming in glory. May Almighty God deliver you from the powers of darkness, restore in you the image of his glory, and lead you in the light and obedience of Christ. Amen. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Jake, by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Together we say, we welcome you into the fellowship of faith. We are children of the same Heavenly Father. We welcome you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Almighty God, bless the home of Jake and give such grace and wisdom to all who have the care of him, that by their word and good example, they may teach him to know and love you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a round of applause. He's done very well. Well done. Okay. Got him? Perfect. And I've just got something for the parents and the godparents here. There's something with Jake as well. That's for Jake. There you are. And then there's a certificate for him and certificates for the godparents as well. So uh, I'll give you one of those and then one for... There we are. Thank you. Okay. Brilliant. Great. You can have a seat. You can have a seat as well. Well done. We'll take my cards. I need to do a bit more practice. Oh, sorry, I've got someone's service card there. Do you want it? <laughs> Whose was that? I borrowed someone else's. <laughs> I'll let you take over. <laughs> Who was that? There? Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Charlie, we're going to sing. Are you going to help us sing? You could do some actions for this one. We're going to sing a song. Dorothy's going to help us sing this. Jesus, strong and kind. In this song, uh, that younger son we heard about in the reading, he thirsted after all sorts of things and they didn't bring him freedom. But Jesus is the only one who can truly satisfy. And as the fourth verse tells us, if, we're, if we say we're lost, he'll come to us. So let's stand and sing together. Jesus, strong and kind.
to run to God in prayer now and come to him, uh, the one who is strong and kind, the one who's able to hear hear us and answer. And we're going to begin with the Christian family prayer as we join together in the words of the Lord's Prayer. It's on page five of the service card. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, who has graciously opened for us sinners away into your presence. We come to you grateful for your favour and mercy. We thank you for all the gifts of your love, but especially for your unspeakable gift, Jesus Christ. On this Sunday, may we have such a revealing of your love as shall flood our hearts. Unveil the cross to us, and may we see your heart with its marvellous love for a lost world. May your word have a new meaning for us today as we read it or listen to it. May our minds be open to understand it and may your spirit guide us into the truth. May this be to us a day for the strengthening of our faith, for the deepening of our love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray today for Jake Brown. Thank you that he's received the sign of baptism. We pray that you'll give wisdom and courage to his parents and godparents as they seek to fulfill their duties of bringing him to church, teaching him to pray, and teaching him your word. 
Help them to set Jake a godly example, and we pray that Jake will grow up desiring to follow the Lord Jesus himself, and in time will come to be confirmed and serve you with his life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, we continue to pray for the country of Ukraine. We thank you for grain ships that have been able to leave and for the, the one that arrived in Ireland. We pray for safety in that nuclear power plant. Please prevent people from attacking it and please prevent a nuclear accident. We do pray for an end to the war. We pray for the Russian forces to run out of resources, for soldiers to lose the will to fight. We pray that in this difficult time, many would turn to you. Please would people find Jesus to be the rock and refuge that they need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And closer to home, we are so sad to hear of the hit and run in Billis. We pray for comfort for the family and friends of Frank Nolte. We pray for those who are responsible to be brought to justice. And we also remember others grieving at this time and pray for Robert and Roberta McConkie on the loss of Robert's father. Please give them your peace that passes understanding. We also pray for any others we know who are unwell or in need of our prayers and we pray for Jackie Crow and pray that he would know you with him. Please be with Anne, with Leon Briardy, with Olive Simmons, Lucy Roberts, David Riley, Maria Turnan, and Abby McDowell. And in a moment of quiet, any others who are known personally to us, facing any challenges or grieving at this time. Lord Jesus Christ, you were acquainted with grief. Please give your peace that passes understanding to those grieving. You patiently endured suffering. Please help those suffering now to patiently endure their trials, knowing that you are at work for the good of those who love you. We ask that your good may include a sense of your presence with them, relief from pain, and restoration to former health, that they may live the rest of their lives to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect the special prayer for this Sunday. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, that we may obtain our petitions. Make us to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to look up there, and hopefully the children have got the, the, the sheet, the all-age sheet. If you haven't got any sheet, put your hand up and Dorothy will come around uh, and give you one. Um, if you'd like to turn to Luke 15, you'll see it inside the, the service sheet or in the church Bibles. We're going to look at that together now. Let's uh, pray. Our children, I'll tell you when to, when to fill that in. I'll tell you when to, when to fill in the questions. I'll try and remember. Let's pray for God's help as we look at his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus' teaching. And we pray as we look at it, we would see your heart and that we'd see the heart of the Lord Jesus. Uh, please draw us closer to him and may we celebrate in what he celebrates. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Well, what is it that makes you celebrate? And children, you can draw a picture there on the sheet uh, uh, under number one of what makes you celebrate. Maybe it's Ireland beating England. The beauty of having dual nationality is it means I, can, I, I, I win either way. Uh, but, uh, but maybe it's Manchester United winning. I mean, uh, Thomas, is that your team? It's not happening too often at the moment. I'm an Everton fan, so a draw is, is good for me. Uh, but... Um, Maybe it's a wedding, or a baptism, or a birthday, or holidays, or the end of school, end of exams. Maybe it's when you've found something that you've lost, and you've lost it for ages, and finally you're reunited with that thing that you'd lost. It's great to celebrate. And in the parable that Jesus told, we get an amazing glimpse into Jesus' heart. We see what makes Jesus celebrate. And it's not his football team winning. It's something even greater. And the thing that makes him celebrate makes others delighted and some mad. What is it that makes Jesus so happy? What is it that makes him celebrate? Jesus loves to see people experience the extraordinary love of God. This very thing that he loves, well, whilst some people love it, others hate it. Do you ever grumble? Here in Ireland, we often grumble about the weather, don't we? It's a beautiful day today. We can't grumble today. But it would be very strange to grumble about someone being kind, wouldn't it? Oh, so-and-so, she's so kind. He's, he is so loving. And yet that is what the people are grumbling about with Jesus. At the start of the reading, this is why Jesus is telling this parable. There in verse 1, at the beginning of the reading, we hear that the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of the day, they're grumbling because Jesus is being kind. This man receives sinners and eats with them. How dare he, they say. How dare he be so loving and kind to those undeserving people. These were the religious leaders of the day, and they were the ones, so they thought, who decided who was in God's kingdom and who wasn't. And these people were definitely not worthy of being in God's kingdom. But Jesus turns things on their heads. He welcomes the one that the religious leaders had no time for. Do you see verse 2? Jesus is eating with the tax collectors and sinners. This man eats, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Uh, children, we're on number two on the sheet. You've got to fill in the, the, the blank using the first letter of the object uh, to fill in the blank. I heard recently about a lady called Edith who didn't normally go to church, but one Sunday she found herself going. She found herself going to church, and the reading that she had that Sunday was the same one we had this morning, but it was from the old version, the authorised version. And so, of course, she heard, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. That was what was read, but she heard, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. As she sat up in her pew, she couldn't believe it. This was being spoken directly to her. Well, she realized her mistake, but she still thought this was incredible, that Jesus would actually welcome someone like her, because although her name wasn't in the passage... She knew she was a sinner. And so that, the Lord used that to, to, to help her to come back to him. Edith thought it was amazing that Jesus would welcome someone like her. And the tax collectors and the sinners, they thought the same. 
But the religious leaders didn't like it one bit. And that's why Jesus told them this parable. It's about two sons who were lost and their father. We're going to look just at the first son today. Uh, but children, have you ever lost anything? Have any of the children lost anything? I'm sure you have. Uh, we, we lose things all the time. Maybe you forgot what you... What have you lost? You lost... Yes. <laughs> we often lose Lego pieces in our house and you're trying to build a kit and the one piece you need, you can't find it. But when you find it, what rejoicing there is that you've found that piece and you can finish the set that you're making. Maybe Charlie or Jake, they lose a, a teddy from time to time. But have you ever deliberately lost something? Or deliberately got lost? Maybe the children, and I think our two might have been guilty of this, uh, deliberately firing the teddy out of the cot. Does that sound familiar? You throw it out the cot, so of course then you can call over the monitor uh, that, that, uh, that the teddy has gone out of the cot and it needs to be found. Well, the boy in the story that Jesus told got deliberately lost, but not so that the father would come. He wants nothing more to do with his dad. And maybe some of the children, perhaps especially the older children, can understand how this boy feels. He's fed up of being told what to do. Pick up your clothes, wash yourself, put the cap on the toothpaste. He was fed up and he wanted to be his own boss. He wanted freedom. And so do you see what he says to the father and children, this is number three on the sheet. He says to the father, verse 12, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. He says, I want your stuff and not you. It's almost as bad as saying, I want you dead, isn't it? Because that's when you normally inherit something from someone. This son is saying to his father, I want your stuff and not you. I don't care about you, I want your stuff. It is rude and offensive and it would have brought shame on the family. Land that had been worked on handed down from generation to generation and it was going to have to be sold. But the boy doesn't care, he just wants the money and the freedom that that will buy. Do you see how lost this son was? He was lost while he was still at home. He wanted his father's stuff but not his father. I wonder how the father must have felt at that point. Do you know sometimes we're a bit like that with God in the way we treat him? We're, we'll take the stuff, the health, the wealth, but often we don't want God himself. We just want his stuff. And the sinners who had gathered around Jesus, the tax collectors and sinners, they were a bit like that as well. And children were on to number four on the sheet. They wanted God's stuff, but they weren't interested in a relationship with the one who made them. They wanted freedom from God. They thought that somehow God was spoiling life for them, that his rules were not for their good, and they wanted freedom. They thought that would bring them happiness. Well, how does the father respond to such an outrageous demand? What would be a good parenting strategy? There's a number of parents here this morning. What would you do? Would you, would you produce the wooden spoon? Would you offer them time out on the, the step? Would you negotiate more pocket money? Request, even beg that he doesn't bring such shame on the family by doing this? Or simply tell him 
that hard word, no, you can't. Well, look what he does, verse 12. He divided his property between them, literally his life. His life is being divided between them. There's a song you may know. We know we belong to the land, and the land we belong to is grand. And that's how the people in Israel in the first century in Jesus' time felt. To lose part of your land was to lose part of yourself. Maybe you understand that. To lose a field that was once yours. You lost part of who you were in the community. And this rejection hurt the father. But the boy doesn't care. He is off. He's got people to see, places to go. And children were on to number five uh, on the sheet. He has a great time. He really lets his hair down. I'm sure if there were convertibles back then, he'd have got one and he'd have been driving around in his convertible. This is the life. This is freedom. No more dad breathing down his neck. No more, put the cat back on the toothpaste, pick up your clothes. He's got freedom. And it's so good until the money runs out and the famine hits. What will he do? Should he return to the father? No, surely he, he won't be welcome now, he thinks. And he's still got his freedom. He got himself into this mess, he can get himself out. And so he gets himself a job. But it's a job feeding the pigs. Very degrading for a Jewish boy, and the pay is not great. He's longing even to eat what the pigs are eating, and no one gives him anything. Verse 16. Just a couple of weeks before, everyone loved him, he was the star, he had class, and now he's hit rock bottom. He'd gone searching for freedom, but now he's a slave. And in his slavery and hunger, he comes to his senses. His father is a generous man. He treats his servants better than this. But how can he return after what he's done? He wrestles through the doubts and he decides he'll go. He'll admit that what he's done is wrong and he'll ask to be treated as a servant and not a son. What will he face when he returns? Do you know in the first century there used to be a custom that if you did something to shame the family, the community would come out with a pot of burnt nuts and they would smash the pot and they would say in front of everyone, so-and-so is not welcome here. He is cut off from his people. Is that what would happen to this younger son? It's what he deserved, but the father won't let it happen. Maybe that's why he runs and children is number six on the sheet. This is very degrading for a Middle Eastern, middle-aged man to do, to run. But he runs, he will get to that son before the community does. He's been looking out for his son and as soon as he catches a glimpse of the boy, he is off. And he's not standing there with his arms folded, waiting, saying, this better be good. <laughs> There's no rebuke. There's no advice. He simply throws his arms around the pig-smelling boy. He doesn't demand that he cleans up first. He loves him and he is delighted to have him back. Before the boy can even finish his I'm sorry speech, as soon as he says I'm not worthy to be called a son, do you see what the father gives him? Four things that show he is part of the family. Verse 22, and children, it's number seven on the sheet. Do you see what he gives him? Verse 22. 
The father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. The best robe, he is a son and not a servant. A ring to show he's part of the family. Sandals that show he's a son and not a slave. And a calf for a family celebration. How do you think the boy felt at this point? Overwhelmed at his father's love. And that is why the tax collectors and sinners love Jesus. Children, we're on number eight, or on the sheet. The tax collectors and sinners, they know they've gone far from God. They wanted freedom from God. They didn't want God ruling over them, and they thought it would lead to happiness, but they found out it only leads to emptiness. They've begun to be in need. They realize the way they've treated God means he should want nothing to do with them, but in Jesus, God is welcoming them home. He is seeking them out. Jesus is saying to them, whoever you are, whatever you've done, come home. And so they've begun to celebrate. They've found life. And this is what makes Jesus celebrate. This is why he's spending his time with these people. But not everyone sees it as good news. The Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of the time, are grumbling that Jesus is welcoming people like that. It turns out they're just as lost as the younger brother. And we'll think more about them next week when we look at how the older brother treats the father. But as we close today, do you see what makes Jesus celebrate? It is those who know they are lost coming back to him. Those who recognize that we're wayward sons and daughters coming home. And what a welcome he gives to us. He doesn't stand there with his arms folded, ready to give out. But with his arms open wide, picture him on the cross as he paid the price for you and for me so that we could be forgiven. And what a welcome he gives us. He doesn't stand with arms folded, but ready to receive us. If he sees us returning to him, he runs to meet us. Our children were on the last question, number nine, on the sheet. The way that the younger brother, the younger son, treated the father was so sad. But if we're honest, the way we treat God is sometimes similar. We think going our own way leads to life and happiness. We'll take God's gifts, but have little time for him, thinking his ways will spoil our life. But maybe just... Every now and then we realize something's missing. Something's not right. Maybe even today you realize something's not right. You've begun to be in need. It might not be physical hunger, but maybe it's an awareness that what you've been seeking has not really brought the freedom that it promised. The only place that leads to true and lasting joy is knowing that in Jesus you are a dearly loved child of a heavenly father. The kind of father who runs and puts his arms around a pig-smelling boy. And what makes Jesus celebrate can also make you celebrate. If you start the return journey to him, you'll find him running to meet you.
ready to welcome you and to delight over you. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, come home. Let's pray as we close. Lord Jesus, thank you for this parable you told to show us your heart. Thank you for your willingness to welcome back people like us who've rejected you. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Help us to celebrate in what you celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll do come back next week to, to hear about the, the older brother and what he gets up to. <clears throat> We're going to sing of that amazing grace. I think this is a hymn that the, the youngest son could have sung with confidence. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Let's stand to sing.
of joy and peace. As we remain standing, a final prayer. You'll see it on the back of the service card on page six. The grace, if you'd like to join in with these words, uh, please do as we remind ourselves of the grace of God. Together we pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.